Hollow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and financing to fit any budget. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off installation. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Made it to Friday. Was there ever any doubt? Well, <laughs> you should have seen me on Tuesday, and I might not have. You made it to Friday. Scott Waters in for Jeff. I got you till 3 o'clock. That's when Wisconsin's afternoon news takes over. And let me tell you something. And I think, Kyle, we may do this after 2 o'clock in lieu of Pop Culture Corner, which, again, uh, Jeff has... Uh, all rights to, and I am not allowed to infringe upon that territory. He's a lawyer. You don't want to get him mad. So I, by by uh, contractual obligation, I cannot do Pop Culture Corner. So we will call it generically Friday Fun, Friday Frivolity, something that capitalizes on alliteration, because I'm a sucker for some good alliteration. And what I'm leaning towards is this. Start thinking now, maybe, or maybe, Kyle, you can veto it, and we'll pick something else. Life's simplest pleasures, the little things in life, when they happen, when you experience it, when you come across it, 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 it lifts your whole day. And yet for other people that may see it, they don't get it. But for you, it is everything. I'm talking about a fresh pair of socks, one of life's simple pleasures, a fresh pair, a, a, a new pair of socks that have never been worn before. Think about that feeling. I'm talking about a freshly sharpened pencil. For those of us or you or anybody who still uses, just remember that when you're in school and yet you, you sharpen the pencil, maybe you're one of those fancy schools that had the electric sharpeners. I was a simple, I was a simple peasant boy and we had the manual crank uh, pencil sharpeners, right? But you sharpen a new pencil to start the school year. Speaking of school year starting, What about when you open that box of crayons and every Crayola crayon is sharp and bright and bold? Simple pleasures in life. Now, I realize maybe you're not using sharpened pencils or fresh crayons anymore. But let me tell you something, folks. My day today got off to a fantastic, fantastic start (laughs) with what I will call a simple pleasure, a small little development in my life, in my everyday life, that from the moment I saw this, perked me up. And this is going to be a good day. Doesn't matter what happened. Weather's lousy. Winter is here. Probably going to have flurries to drive through on the way home. But I'm telling you something, folks. Something happened to me this morning that for you... (laughs) You may laugh at, you may roll your eyes, but for me, life's simple pleasure that has set me off on a great... Should I say it now or should I save it? Save it. Kyle says save it. Okay. Sorry. Radio tease. Radio tease. There's something else we might do, too, when it comes to the front page of the Journal Sentinel right now. You know what? Let's do it right now. (laughs) Because 
you know, when I come in here, I like to sit down and get the email open, pop up some websites just for easy clickability. JS Online is one of them. And the front page, homepage story, top of the top of the fold, top of the computer fold, is this headline. You ready? What the fight over Wisconsin's next congressional map means for the parties. Now, this is a this is a common topic. This is a popular topic, folks. Talking gerrymandering here, if you like the old school term, gerrymandering. This is important, right? Congressional district maps seem to be one of those things that are constantly in the news cycle. I have to be honest. I realize it's important. It's just so boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I contend when it comes to and here's what I like to do if you'll play along with me on a Friday afternoon. Important topics, important issues that we recognize are vital and you and I all recognize, we, we, we all recognize there are things deserving attention, deserve news coverage, deserve, de- deserve debate, deserve discussion, but they're just so boring. <laughs> and, and you have a really tough time getting fired up about it. And for me, I admit, it's the issue of redistricting. <sighs> Every time I hear that, or gerrymandering, or the fight, like the headline right now. I'm, this isn't the Journal Sentinel's fault at all. They, they're, they're doing. It's a worthy story. It's an important story. It's just so boring. I can't get fired up about it. So I thought, did they, anybody ever done this on a talk show before? What, let's do this. What is the issue in the news, in circulation that? You admit is important, but when it's discussed, when it's put up on the front page of a website, when it's on the front page of a newspaper, when you turn on the television and you see the talking heads discussing it, in that moment, you just, I don't care. (laughs) Can I say I don't care? Can I say that? Okay, I'll say it. I don't care about redistricting. (gasps) Scott, but you just said it's important. It is important, so maybe I shouldn't say I don't care, but my eyes glaze over, and I just can't get fired up about it. To be honest with you folks, there's a really, really good chance for however long I'm here, however long they'll keep me on the air, however long I'm at WTMJ, really good chance I may never talk about redistricting. And others will, and that's fine, and that's good. I bet Jeff will, and Jeff should, because discuss things that you're fired up about. I just can't get there. I can't get there. I know it's important. I can't get there. 855. You don't have to agree with me on this one, but I bet there's a topic, there's something, when it's discussed or covered or you see it, you go, gosh, it's important, but I, I just can't get fired up about it. What is that topic in your life? What is that issue in the news, outside the news? What is it? What is your gerrymandering? Because for me, it's that. 855, 
I may be the only one that feels this way about things. Maybe not. We'll see. 855-616-1620. Accunate mortgage talk and text line. Scott, you've got to talk about the important stuff. It's important, but if I can't get fired up about it, I'm probably not going to talk about it. <laughs> I admit it. I'm opening up to you people. Don't mock me for it on the text line. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Your calls and your texts. Come on, open up. Important things in life. You admit it, but you can't get... You've never been able to get fired up about it. For me, it's redistricting. Gerrymandering. I'm going to ask Kyle. Kyle's got a good one, too. I asked him off the air. I'm in for Jeff. What you got? 855-616-1620. We continue. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Kind of a curious way to start out the show, but... Hey. Called up JS Online. Saw their top story right now regarding uh, the congressional map and what it means, the fight, and so on and so forth. And I realize, important topic... It's it's consequential, certainly, but when it comes to redistricting, my eyes glaze over whenever it's brought up, discussed, posted, talked about, whatever. And all of us, I know this, all of us have something, have something, have something that we recognize is an important issue. However, when it's brought up, you just can't get yourself too fired up about it. You may even change the channel. I may even talk about, I probably have talked about something, filling in for Jeff or Steve or on on my own night show. I probably have talked about something and you went, oh, God, Morris is talking about blank again. And maybe maybe you turned off the radio or you flipped around, turned on the TV. I understand that happens. We're only human. So I thought, there's mine. What's yours? (laughs) 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dustin Beloit texts in gas prices. Gas prices. He says, I just, I, it's always talked about, the gas prices, because they really are outside of our control. He says, and like, what are you going to do? Walk? Yeah, exactly. You hear about it. We get excited when they go down. We grouse and complain about it when it goes up. But in the end, if you have a vehicle, exactly, you're going to walk? What are you going to do about it? So for Dustin, his eyes glaze over whenever the topic of gas prices come up. All right, let's go to the phones here. Let's start in Whitewater. Mark, happy Friday, Mark. Hey, Scott, happy Friday to you. All right, what's the topic that for you, while important and you realize it, your eyes glaze. Your eyes glaze over. You just can't get yourself fired up about it. Perceived voter fraud. Oh yeah. The, the, the never-ending story of recounts, <laughs> the election commission, and Gableman, Gableman, Gableman. <laughs> please stop. Please. But but like you admit it's important, and you know uh, you know uh, uh, clean elections, and I'm with you are important, but. When it when it comes up, you just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> no, it's it's like it's like a circus. It really is. All right, that's a good one, Mark. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, somebody on the text line said, "Any election, any election. That's kind of tough. Even a presidential election. Uh, I, I mean, but 
Okay. I'm not going to push back. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming, Mark. I understand it. Another obvious one is um, the coronavirus, which is, that's a big, uh, it's a big matzo ball. That's a, that's a big topic. There are so many tentacles that come off of coronavirus as a topic and as a talk show host for the last year and a half, especially navigating how to keep the topic fresh, what are different angles to discuss. It's been difficult, but I understand. I understand where you're coming from on that. 855-616-1620. Back to the phones. It's Mike. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon. What's yours? Uh, Mine, and I'm probably committing some kind of social crime here, but mine is Black Lives Matter. And not so much in the message they're trying to send out there. I, I agree with the message. But it's been so poorly handled that I just can't get behind it anymore. You know, I, I think my interpretation of it is the message. You're right, Mike. The message at the heart of Black Lives Matter, the purpose, the principles behind it have been in some ways hijacked by entity exactly. by entities with other motivations and other um you know intending to accomplish other things and so i i'm i kind of with you on that that at, at its core it's absolutely uh important and vital black lives matter and it's okay to say that. And, you know, in talking about everything that's happened over the last year, year and a half with race relations in this country, Mike, um, I think it's important for us as Americans, and I'll speak as a white American, to separate that message and the meaning of those words with organizations that have taken that cause but gone on and pushed you know um uh, uh, political um uh, motivations on people and things like that i think we have to separate 100 percent agree we, we, we have to separate the words and the meaning of the movement at its core with the if you would the organization because people see the organization and are turned off by it based on politics or whatever and they don't realize, no, you can say Black Lives Matter. You can believe Black Lives Matter and still maybe disagree with what the organizations that have aligned themselves and the official Black Lives Matter organization, what, what they have done. I think we have to separate That's those exactly sometimes. That's where I'm at at this point. Yeah. But good on you. Remember the message. Remember the message. And, and, and don't turn your back on the message because of what any other outside entities may have done. Thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it very much. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Another a person agrees with me on the text line. Gerrymandering is very, very important, but I feel the same way. Nice little emoji they added, too. And I feel very shallow for this. It's okay, 262. It's all right. It is okay, I'm giving all of us permission. I give you permission to tell me the important topic, the important issue in society that you recognize is valuable, but just personally, you have a tough time getting fired up about. And like I say, for me, it's redistricting. I know it's important, but snooze fest. I'm sorry. Snooze fest. 
262, cryptocurrency. Okay, that may be a close number two for me. Cryptocurrency. Anything cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, I just can't get there. I, I'm sorry. It may be very important. It probably is. I probably don't even understand it completely, and so that's a big reason why I can't get, you know, juiced up about it for that matter. But I'm with you on that one. We'll do this for one more segment. Calls and texts, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The topic that you know is important, but you still find it kind of boring. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Dexter on the 414 says, anything related to the Royals, my eyes glaze over. That's fine. I agree with you. Here's the only thing. Are the Royals even important? I mean, at least redistricting I know is an important thing. I just, I can't get fired up over it. Um, cryptocurrency, eh, important thing. I don't, I don't care. Um, you know, people have said uh, coronavirus stuff. We all recognize that's important, but at this point, many people have been beaten to, uh, to a pulp with coverage, and you know it's just kind of tough to get fired up over it. I don't know that the Royals are even important, so I don't know that they classify or they they fit the qualification for the topic that I'm discussing here, because I don't know how important they are. All right, uh, real quick, Kyle, the topic, and as a, as a radio producer, when Wagner or Warris or anybody brings up a topic. Whether you like it or not, you gotta get fired up. You gotta. F- so, what's the topic in life as a producer when it's discussed by anybody behind this microphone? You gotta kind of rev yourself up, going, "All right, here we go. We gotta do it." Yeah, well, not that this subject comes up on the show that yeah. often, but insurance for me Ooh. is probably the most uh, important and boring thing out there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm not a homeowner yet, and, yeah. and that I'm, I'm assuming that that gets a lot more involved mm-hmm. once you own a home uh but yeah i just can't even give, give any shred of <laughs> energy well, towards insurance i to, to i'm gonna piggyback off that and say um the battle over health care in society uh whether it's the obamacare battle from you know 11, was it 11 years ago now 12 years ago whatever it's been um i think for a lot of people the the discussion the debate over health care which we all agree is important, but after it has taken us through what it has over the last decade plus, I think for people it's tough to get fired up to talk about health care. Not everybody. I get it. Not everybody. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Looking for somewhere to watch the game on Sunday afternoon? Why not join WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga in Greenfield? Deb will be at Fox's Pub. Fox's Pub in Greenfield. She'll be there from 3 till 6. Games, prizes, and so much more, plus the football game itself, obviously. Oh, by the way, if that weren't enough, you can enjoy Miller Lite and Coors Light bottles for three twenty-five or two twenty-five for taps. It's the Miller Lite Packers Watch Party with WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga. For more info, head to WTMJ.com. When I talk about the jobs, and I realize this can maybe be a topic, too, that people kind of go, oh, the job climate, the job market, things like that. I have a job. I'm fine. Why do they always talk about the job climate? 
What what I have a tough time wrapping my mind around, and again, it's because my situation is one where I, I'm not coming and going in jobs, thankfully, and, and whatnot. I'm kind of steady here in the radio biz. But today, the numbers official for September, so go back to September, a record 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in September as, uh, this is how CNN writes, as the sheer volume of available jobs is empowering workers to have their pick. The de- the uh, supply, or the uh, the demand, I guess, is uh, outweighing the supply. I have that right. Workers are quitting in search for better pay or better jobs, representing a fundamental shift in America's labor market. Labor now has the initiative, and the era of paying individuals less than a livable wage has ended. According to an economist, this strongly suggests that rising wages are going to be part and parcel of the economic landscape going forward. I find the quitting of a job without having somewhere to go, but just quitting knowing there's opportunity out there. There's opportunity. There's better paying opportunity out there. Maybe that's just because I'm averse to risk. I find that really risky. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm I'm hardwired to think you don't leave someplace without having another place to go. But considering 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in September, more than ever, the prior high, by the way, was uh, August. Hmm. Why? Why? And I'm curious if there's anybody out there that did this. Pretty simple question, right? Why did you quit your job? What was it about this situation, uh, uh, these variables at play, this work business climate, um, this year? Why? I'm just really interested to hear why you quit and what was it that put you over the top, sent you over the edge, and said, I'm done here, I'm going there. Is it as simple as the pay issue was it simply i have more opportunity to do things that i enjoy i have an opportunity to do something in a different field that i wasn't already doing 8556161620 acunet mortgage talk and text line whether it was you whether it was a loved one i see the headline that a record number of americans quit their jobs in september and i think Wow. Wow. This really is, it feels like a shifting. And then you see comments by smarter people than me that say this is a fundamental shift in America's labor market. And it just interests me because that is such a major life decision for people. And to take the step to quit and go somewhere else, what motivated you to do that? 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I think, and a texter asks this too, and how did you do it? I mean, do you just tell your boss, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy here. I would rather be doing that over there and they're going to pay me more. If you, and whether it was in September or at any point here over the last several months, if you quit your job, and have gone on to something else, what was your motivation? Why are you one of the millions and millions that have done it? And how did you do it? 
And even if you're not, because I don't want to just, you know, focus in like that. Even if you didn't, what's your theory? I mean, I'm I'm open to that as well. Maybe you're not one of the 4.4 million, but you you've talked to people and you have friends who are moving around the business world, business world, but moving around from job to job. Why? It just seems like such a risky thing, doesn't it? It just seems like such a bold, bold maneuver. 855-616-1620. I'd like to pick your brain is what I'd like to do. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. I'd love to know, were, were you nervous about it? Was it scary? Or did you just have that underlying confidence and belief that because of this labor shortage, if that's the term you want to use, there's so many opportunities there now. And maybe you felt you had some freedom to do it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious about it all. You've got the answers. I have the questions. 855-616-1620. Back in a moment, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Scott Laura is sitting in for Jeff on this Friday afternoon. Jeff will be back again Monday from noon to 3. Record number of Americans quit their jobs in September. Why? I'm just very curious by it all. The pace of people quitting across the labor market is is remarkable, says um, somebody in an economic think tank. But the concentration among a few sectors is eye-popping. Quits are up the most in sectors where most work is in person or relatively low-paying. The arts entertainment recreation sector saw the largest increase in quits followed by other services and state and local government education i didn't mean to imply somebody was bringing this up on the text line let me just say this and we'll get to the calls i did not mean to imply that there were people or the what is it 4.4 i'm not saying the 4.4 million all quit without having a job to go to but i'm imagining there's some percentage and i don't know what that is somebody else asked me that at least i i can't find it what percentage of the 4.4 million did not have a new job lined up? Um, but it's still something when you leave a job. I mean, that's still a, a life decision. And I'm just interested. Uh, 414, both uh, my significant other and I left our jobs within the past couple of months because we found higher paying jobs, jobs with better hours, and jobs that treated you respectfully in regard to COVID. Not sure what that means or what angle they take in terms of the uh, respect factor tied to COVID, but other people bringing up the COVID factor, too, certainly. I work retail at Nordstrom, 414. I quit because of vaccine and mask mandates. Yeah, I'd be naive. I think we'd all be naive to say that's not a percentage of this. Um, but 4.4 million, that's a big number. Uh, let's start with Ken. Ken, who is driving through a wind tunnel in New London. Ken, are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thanks. It sounds like no. It sounds like you are um, behind a seven forty seven about to take off at Mitchell. <laughs> Sorry about that. That might be the snow falling outside. Oh, all right. Get the snowblower ready. But okay, Ken. What is your what is your or what is your your uh, your thinking about these numbers and uh, people jumping ship from wherever they are employed? Well, well, I actually I have a. One of my children going through this right now who actually was in a job for the last eight years and decided to take another position. Now, he's in teaching, and I think, you know, at some point now, there's, there's plenty of teaching jobs 
and I think he feels that he wants to try um, something different on the administrative side of things and knows now that if it isn't something he likes, falling back into teaching is an option that he knows will be there. Where in the past, um, trying to find a job as a teacher seven, you know, five to seven years ago was a difficult thing to do. So I think um, he wants to change a culture, and um, I think he's looking forward to that opportunity. And uh, I think there's quite a few people that are looking to change. If they're not in a good work culture, um, there's something that they know they can go into, and they can always fall back into a lot of these things they've been doing most of their life. And I think, thanks for the call, Kenny, I'm going to let you fly. I think that last point is is an interesting one, and I, I imagine that's a factor and one that I had not considered. I'm going to make a leap, leave the job, let's use the example of Ken's son. I'm going to leave the job that I've been working at for eight years. I mean, eight years is, is you've, you've set down some roots. You've grown some roots at that company or wherever you've been. I'm going to take that leap, but in the back of my mind, I know because of the current situation and the climate in this country, there's a safety net there. I can always, if this new venture doesn't go well, it doesn't work out, I'm confident that I can go back to that industry that I've been in for the last eight years. And that's not always the case, depending on the job numbers, right? Sometimes you take that leap that this next job is going to be great, going to be special, and not so much. But guess what? You can't go back because the industry you left is not in a great hiring position. So the comfort knowing there's a safety net, a fallback, there's a factor. Good one, Ken. Chris is in Cedarburg. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon. How are you? What's your philosophy on these numbers? What's uh, going on here? You know, I believe it. Uh, I used to break horses for a living, and I do nursing now. Um, with all with the COVID and everything that happened, I always had I always had a degree, um, and was you know was a nurse or, or some some form of healthcare. But before all this happened, I worked at a, a huge barn, and where you break horses and then break your bones and break your body and your mind and everything else, and it was just. It was just like, why am I doing this to make somebody else, you know, where they could take, you know, I can sit on it. it well, by the time I got done with it, your daughter could sit on it if she was four years old. Right. So, you know, hmm. it, 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 it changed my mind that I would rather kind of go back to health care hmm. and why it kind of made a difference and... Um, you feel more you know, appreciated. Never, yeah, and right. And instead of getting, you know, the, the word, what I'm going to say, blank on, um, you know, you... Yeah, you want to feel appreciated. No, yeah, you want to feel appreciated, Chris. You want Thanks for the call, Chris. Your phone's kind of breaking up. Um, you want to feel appreciated. You want to feel like you're making a difference. And, my gosh, you want to enter the nursing field, You want or you want to get back into health care, considering what's happening with our, our current uh, uh, pandemic situation. Um Plenty of opportunities to do that. That's very interesting. I would have loved to, if her phone was strong enough, I would have loved to follow up and just kind of find out. You were you were breaking in horses? So you were working with horses, and then you went into nursing. I mean, that's again, that's an example of two very different career fields all together. I'm going to get to a couple of texts. We'll do that. 
when we come back uh, real briefly because something's happening, something has happened. There are factors and variables at play that are allowing people to think differently maybe than they ever have in their lives. A couple good texts here. Why did 4.4 million people quit their jobs in September? Most ever. Why? Um, theories out there. Somebody says it's totally a product of COVID. I don't think that's true. I mean, totally a product of COVID. Many people, they, they go on, many people after sitting around during the months of the shutdown, you know, had a chance to reconsider their life's priorities. But until now, it's been too risky to leave your job because of all the hiring freezes and the lack of a good economy. Now that we're closer than ever to full strength again, people are finally pulling the trigger and making the move. And there's validity in that. We all had plenty of time to ponder our life situations and the big questions. Are we doing what we enjoy? Do we want to keep doing what we're doing? And um, certainly some people realized, and not to mention just the overall fear that a lot of people had as you watch fellow Americans get sick and die. You, 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 you recognize your own mortality, maybe, if you lost loved ones at some point over the last year and a half with this and... When you recognize your own mortality, you have a tendency to take stock of what you're doing and try to find more value in what you're doing. Um, Andy in Appleton says, I have not quit, but I am looking to start my own business. This last year has made me realize what is important, and I'm not getting any younger. Working for the big, quote-unquote, corporate giant is not getting me anywhere. Kind of the point I just said, it's... Yeah, you take stock, and that's a good thing, right? I mean, I hope years from now, years and years from now, or when the history books are read, or when we just reflect back on our lives as to what we went through during the pandemic of 2020 and beyond, I hope you can look at your life and go, well, what silver linings were there? And I, for me, it's true, and I would hope the same for Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Our number two Wagnerless Friday show. He is a man that has been following every last moment of this trial. He is Mike Spaulding. Mike, appreciate your efforts uh, all along. And... Looks like there's a good chance your efforts will be allowed to come to an end at some point next week. So just walk us back a little bit. Jury, which has not been sequestered, as people were wondering. Uh, they're, they're not a sequestered jury. They were sent home for the weekend. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that all was quiet in the courtroom in Kenosha today. So what happened today, which may have been a little less... What would you say? A little less sexy than the yeah. <laughs> the other days of the week that we've had testimony and whatnot, but um, procedural maybe is the best way to call it. Yeah, today's a good day if you were watching any of the proceedings to have a law degree because a, a lot of the, the you know the kind of the meat of um, legally what is going to be taking place on Monday. So the juror, I'm sorry, the attorneys met with the judge this morning. They are they have since wrapped at about 12:30. They called it a day. Figured almost figured everything out. They they were all three going over basically what is going to happen on Monday, including jury instruction. Here's what they're going to be told. Here's how they're going to be told. Um, and they also finalized times and stuff like that for um, closing arguments. So what we can expect Monday is everyone to be back in Kenosha at about 9 a.m. 
the judge, or I'm sorry, the attorneys will then tell the jury what they are going to be deliberating over, including all the charges. The judge will then give them instruction on, you know, go into the room, here's the foreman. Yeah, yeah it, hang on, pause on that point for just a moment, because the charges, as we learned yesterday, was that late yesterday or yeah. so, the charges may be different by the time the jury's back in the box on Monday, right? Well, the, they will be the same. There will just be now possibly more options. So the move that the prosecution made yesterday okay, right, right. was to ask for the judge to consider including um, lesser included. Okay. So it would take something like, um, in the shooting to the Anthony Huber, it would take first-degree intentional homicide. It would be coupled then with the lesser charge of second-degree intentional homicide and first-degree reckless homicide. So it just kind of gives the jury more options to consider if they want to convict or not. So it almost it, it, it gives them an off-ramp, doesn't it? Essentially, yes. To, okay, what we have seen and heard don't rise to the uh, level of guilt on the original charges all along, but maybe we can kind of take this off-ramp and yeah, we know, don't think come back it was, guilty for this. Exactly. Okay. We don't think it was intentional homicide, but could it have been... Um, like unintentional mm -hmm. or something along those lines. So yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it's a win for the prosecution essentially is what it is because even if the original charges do not stick, but he is still found guilty on a couple of these lesser charges, him being Kyle Rittenhouse, if you're the prosecution, you can say, look, we still were able to reach a guilty verdict and that to us uh, is a win, at least in the stat sheet. So again, is this like an admission from the prosecution that we don't feel real good about getting guilty charges on the charges that we filed, so let's tack on some lesser charges, and maybe we can at least salvage something out of this? Yeah. Is, is that kind of like an admission in that respect? Essentially. I mean, every every legal expert that we've talked to and heard from over the past few days has said, yes, this is basically um, what it is. It also could, you could look at it differently, too, and say... If they drop down, like there is a charge he's facing for shooting in the direction of a reporter who was down there. The guy from the Daily Caller, Rich McGinnis, I think he testified on the first day. Um, it, it was recklessly endangering safety or something along those lines. Now it'll be second degree. So they could also, if they do agree to some of these more severe charges, like first degree homicide, mm -hmm. You could maybe drop this one against the Daily Caller guy because it got dropped down so low okay. that it doesn't really matter. Hmm. There's a number of different ways you can look at it, but it will give the jury more options, right. and it will be interesting to see how the um, attorneys play this during their closing arguments. And and you know if that changes the length that we expect deliberations, because deliberations probably aren't going to happen until fairly late in the afternoon on Monday. Right. There's a lot to do, and they're getting nearly three hours each for their closing arguments. So Monday is still going to be a very long day. Um. So the judge over the weekend will rule on these additional charges. It could be the weekend. It could be today. today. It could be today. It could be the weekend. It could be Monday morning. For all we know, I just know that he didn't make a firm yes. I'm going to allow all of these. No, I'm not going to allow them yet. But I would expect probably once he gets an opportunity to look over, you know, the, the fine, you know, the the cross T's and dotted I's and things like that. It will be some point this weekend. And again, it doesn't necessarily change. It, it doesn't necessarily change anything. It just gives, you know, again, the jurors kind of more of an opportunity to consider different levels 
of charging. But they'll be presented with the the big ones first, and then the mm-hmm. they'll be asked to consider then um, the other ones. As you have. I guess taken in some of the analysis of this because I know you're not only are you monitoring and watching everything that comes out of the courtroom, but you're kind of keeping an eye and an ear on on what the legal analysts are saying in response to what they're seeing and hearing. Uh, a question that somebody just mentioned or asked on the text line: When it comes to the judge letting them out for a three day weekend, and again, it wasn't a sequestered jury, so don't. It's not as if you know that that was ever in play, but. Was that surprising to people? Was there any, wait, what, three days out? Okay, we'll come back Monday. Because they can't talk about the case, which I always find, I mean, I know your your sworn duty is to not talk about it, but really, every one of those men and women, they're not going to, they're not going to talk about it with their significant other or somebody they bump into at the store. Not that they're going to, you know, blab, blab, blab away, but... Yeah, it's kind of like that. I I never had a sip of beer until I was twenty one years old. Kind of like one of those. Like, look, I and even when the judge says it, it almost feels like it's uh, not an afterthought, but just like a. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Please don't talk about the case. Don't listen to any media. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they, and they, yeah, and, and like, I guess yeah. I should say it's not just talking about the case. It's not consuming anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. You live in Kenosha. They live in Kenosha yes. County, right? Yes. Hey, good luck not consuming. So don't turn on the television. Don't. Guess they can't listen to WTMJ because we're, we're covering it top to bottom. Don't read a newspaper. Yeah. Know what you do? That's a pretty boring weekend. Just watch football, I guess. Well, and what's really interesting too is that I think when we talked earlier this week, Gage Grosskreutz, who was one of the men who testified last week, went on Facebook and was making Facebook posts about the case after or right before. Sorry, right before he testified. So like, they are. The witnesses are at least contributing to social media. Um, you you saw that they are on CNN and Fox News and Good Morning America and all that kind of stuff. So it's 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 a really interesting look at just kind of how technology is going to change things in in that. Okay, to that point, I just went through the list. I said TV. I said radio. I said newspaper. I didn't even mention social media. I how do you avoid this if you're on social media? Oh, which you just I don't meant, open your Twitter. Yeah, right, or Facebook. Okay, yeah, because people. I'm gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna open my. I'm not gonna tweet or look at my Twitter uh, feed all weekend long till the judge. I've never thought of that. Social media and the jury process and and, and the uh, jury deliberation process. That's boy, it gets tougher and tougher for a jury to obey all the the judge's orders. Okay, so Monday, bright and early. Mm-hmm. Closing arguments. 9 a.m. Yes. Well, they might take a little while because they're going to have to be presented with these new lesser charges right. first, which could take about 45 minutes. The judge said 45 minutes to an hour. So I think we'd probably then go to a little bit of a recess, come back, and then it will be time to begin the mm-hmm. uh, five hours of closing arguments. And then as long as five hours. Up to five hours, right. right? It could be shorter. It didn't seem like it because... Uh, Judge Schrader had originally put a time limit of 90 minutes on each, and the prosecution came back real quick and said that's not going to be enough time for us. So he, I would assume Thomas Bingard's will be longer. I will be interested to see how long the defense teams is since um, they probably feel like they're in pretty good shape. But to get back to the question about the jury sequestering, if you think about it, they're no closer to making a final decision today as they were day three of the trial. So if they're not going to sequester them a week ago why do it now they still don't have closing arguments they're still not going to be able to meet to discuss so i think that was part of the reason why and then the deliberation begin yeah and then we can then we will say oh they were only deliberating for Mm -hmm. a day that clearly means this 
What? They deliberated for three and a half hours? That's it? Well, that clearly means this, and then all that speculation can begin. Do you, do you, if you're on a jury, would you stick around the next morning just to get the free breakfast, or would you call it a day? <laughs> what? You're not telling me that that's not something what? that's thought about? You get what? the free, you get the free lunch if you're going to be there on Tuesday anyway. Do we just sit around for a little bit longer? It's 20 minutes to lunchtime. We can get one more free meal in. Let me tell you something. Have you ever eaten at a courthouse cafeteria before? Look, they're getting all kinds of food shipped to them. Oh, okay. They're ordering out. Yeah, they're ordering out. Or someone orders out. I don't know how that happens if the bailiff goes and picks up lunch for them. But yeah, no, it comes in. And yes, I have eaten at a courthouse. They're not standing in line at the cafeteria. Not highly recommended. Tapioca, (laughs) jello. Salisbury ham or turkey sandwich because nobody's staying around for that (laughs) let me tell you that have you ever served on a jury uh no i've gotten close i've been an alternate juror oh yeah so i i would love to Uh, i think it would be very fascinating from being able to cover these trials from the outside um to actually be in the room and and see what it's actually like i think would be fascinating it's tough when you're in the media though to get picked for a jury yeah that probably doesn't happen i got picked once but that's when i wasn't here at WTMJ, Kyle, have you ever been called and served? No, never. No, yeah, it's it's quite an experience. It's quite an experience. Were you in the room? Yeah, I got. I was. I was in the room where it happened. Did and you me, talk about it with friends and family before it, you deliberated? No, we did deliberate two days. Okay. Um, it's the fun fact. It's the only time in my life where I've seen an actual gunshot wound on a person on a person or anything. I've never. I've never. I can honestly, I've never, I've never seen a gunshot wound, and uh, it was part of the case on which I served. Not a bad thing, necessarily. It's. Do you know what else was? Re- uh, I will never forget this. Um, we found the def- the defendant guilty, but the attorneys for the defendant had us. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, I'm going to poll the jury. Is a poll the yeah. jury, where each one of the jurors is asked. Is this your verdict? Yes or no? And you have to stand up. Yes, no, yes, no. And really? I'm, and I'm telling you, I stand up. He's looking, the defendant is staring at you. He has family in the courtroom, in the gallery looking at you. Every And in that moment, that's it's a little nerve-wracking. I, it, it, uncomfortable to say the least. I mean, we, we were well-founded in our verdict but still to stand up and say yes to the guilt of that man with him looking at you you know x number of feet away and family and whatnot is a little unnerving well considering (laughs) you were looking at photos of a gunshot wound i would assume it was pretty heavy of a of a case so it wasn't like you were saying yeah he was guilty of uh, running a red light or something along those lines i can imagine why didn't they use the form like why didn't they get the one guy just to give him the the what you know like do you always stand up and say your individual no you just say like we the jury have found the foreman says that yeah person whatever yeah but why did this time they select each an individual because the attorney the the defense attorney yeah asked your honor could we please is it poll the jury is that the right word that i'm using Uh, somebody tell me if that's not the right word and in that instance they go one by one you know, juror number five, is this your, I don't know the word, is, is this your true and rightful verdict? Yes. Juror number six, is this your true and, and, and rightful verdict? Yes. Juror number eight, and they go right down the line. That doesn't happen every time, but 
I think it was requested by the um, by the wow. defense. Little unnerving, little unnerving, and maybe that's why I haven't been asked to serve on a jury again. I hope you get a. Ch- I hope Kyle. I hope both you guys get a chance at least just one time. We all roll our eyes at jury duty, but you know what? I always think of it this way: if I'm going to go to the trouble of reporting and sitting in that giant room with all the people. And just waiting and waiting. I want to do something. You might as well pick me, call me, stick me in the courtroom, and, and let me let me do my civic duty. I never got the rolling of the eyes for jury duty thing. I think it would be fascinating. I never, I never. Under, there are a lot worse things to have mm-hmm. to do. I would think than 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 do that. And you could be on a big trial. That would be somewhat exhilarating. I would think. I mentioned this the other night. I had I had a friend who lived in New York at the time. This was in 15, 2015, early twenty sixteen. Lived in New York. She was called just uh, as a summons, so she showed up. The cattle call, sat in the giant gallery where they you hang out all day unless your number or name is called. All of a sudden, I get a text. Guess who's in this jury room with me? And I got a picture. Trump. <laughs> she, Don, really? Don, and this was when he was already a candidate. I don't think he was the candidate, but he was a candidate. And he served, or he was called with her that day. So I got that picture of him standing in the doorway. And then over the course of the day, like five or six other pictures of from her phone taken over her shoulder. And he's sitting in the back corner of the room. I don't know, doing a crossword puzzle. Hanging out. <laughs> because that's what you do when you've been called for jury duty. There are a few moments in life when we're all the same. Sitting in a courthouse with no cell phone service yep. is one of those moments. Tumbling. <laughs> Celebrity run-ins. When called for jury, 855-616-1620. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. People are texting in their jury duty horror stories. Most of them are, you showed up, sat there for half a day watching. What did Jeff from Fox Point say? I had to drive to my jury duty in blizzard weather conditions. They had the heat jacked up for people who don't adequately dress for winter, so I was, I was sweating buckets, and they had a three-hour marathon of Roseanne on the television. Believe me, jury duty is awful. I don't know. Roseanne was a pretty good show back in the day. I don't mind watching a few episodes of that sitcom. Okay, I did have it right. It is polling the jury. Thank you. These are... are our legal beagles out there today. This is what we get for talking something so deep in the legal field without having Jeff here. Um, to being polled, the 262 texter, my mom was on a gang drug trial that requested polling of the jury, and she was fearful for weeks afterwards. Fortunately, nothing unusual happened to her. Hmm. Yeah, that was... I stood up. I'm just saying, it was just like this wave of very unnerving. That's probably the best way to put it. Even though we were all solid in our verdict, you stand up and don't say your name. You're just given a number. I don't know, juror number three. Stand up. Stand up. Yes. Okay. Um, is this your true and rightful verdict? Yes. And they're staring at you there. And then you go, can I have a, can I have a, can the bailiff escort me to my vehicle? On the way out the door. Hmm. Oh, here we go. I jokingly said, celebrity run-ins at jury duty. 
And look at this one from the 414. When I had jury duty, Jerry Augustine was in the jury pool. Augie, former Brewers pitcher, co-host of uh, Brewers Extra Innings, Jerry Augustine. And by the way, side note, tomorrow, Augie, fun fact, Augie will be inducted into the UW-Milwaukee Panthers Athletics Hall of Fame former Panthers baseball coach as well. Okay, we were talking here this half hour about the Rittenhouse trial. And, of course, we are the place for the most in-depth, comprehensive coverage of it. You can, even though they've uh, adjourned for the day and for the weekend, you can get all our coverage on air, online, and on the WTMJ mobile app to access the coverage, including a live video stream, which could come in handy on Monday during closing arguments. If you want to check out the live video stream when court is in session, simply text the word Kenosha, K-E-N-O-S-H-A, text Kenosha to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Coming up after the news, I've got an update and uh, tip of the cap to Kyle, who found this. Um, an update to our story we talked about yesterday afternoon about Baraboo High School, where the students and the administration have been at odds over a memor- two memorials at two lockers for a pair of students that lost their lives in a car accident, uh, well, actually two weeks ago today. Um, there have been protests. There have been um, threats made uh, in terms of discipline, disciplinary threats made. Well... It's just gotten a little bit worse when it comes to the dynamic between admin and students over the memorials for the two who passed away. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Packers and Seahawks, Sunday at Lambeau. Looking for somewhere fun to watch the game? How about this? Join WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga at Fox's Pub in Greenfield. Deb will be there from 3 till 6. Remember, it's a later kickoff. 3 until 6. Games, prizes, and so much more. Plus, enjoy Miller Lite and Coors Light bottles for three twenty-five or two twenty-five taps. It's the Miller Lite Packers Watch Party with WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga. For more information, head to WTMJ.com. Yesterday... About this time or so um, on the Wagner Show, we talked about the story at Baraboo High School where two weeks ago today, tonight, a pair of students were killed in a car crash. And in the days and, I was going to say weeks, but it hasn't been weeks. It was like days and a week and a half, maybe, students there began to put a together a memorial outside of these two students' lockers. The school district, this week, took those memorials down or away from the two students' lockers, moved them to a student services office area, and did so because they said it's too traumatic. It's more, I should put it this way, paraphrasing, it's more traumatic for the students at Baraboo to walk past these lockers with the memorials It's more traumatic for that than it is to take down the memorial altogether. There are a couple students who have taken up this cause and have pushed back, have fought back against administration. A couple of seniors named Jordan Fleischman and Abby Kolk. 
Those are two. I don't know if those are the, I don't know if, I think there was a different student we talked about yesterday in the article, but these are two seniors who then, after the administration removed the memorials, these two seniors put up sticky notes, post-it notes on lockers, I think like on all the student lockers, that said LLA and LLF, meaning Long Live Faith and Long Live Adlai, or Adley, the two students who passed away. Administration came through, ripped down all the post-it notes, took down all the sticky notes. Now, the development is this. This is escalating. Unfortunately, it's escalating. Report, Baraboo High School suspended two students, one of which was cited for disorderly conduct yesterday for putting notes on lockers in honor of their friends who died in a crash less than two weeks ago. Seniors Jordan Fleischman and Abby Kolk said they were suspended for putting up sticky notes in memory of Faith Woods and Adley or Adlai Estes. They were both 17-year-old fellow seniors who died two weeks ago today after the vehicle they were riding in collided with a tree. A spokesperson for the district said she couldn't comment on student disciplinary matters because that information is confidential. So again, before you get mad and say, Scott, tell me what's the other side of the story. Come on, got to be fair. I don't, I don't know because they're not saying. Here's where it also escalates in addition to the fact that both these seniors have been suspended for putting up sticky notes. School liaison officer Mike Pickler of the Baraboo Police Department cited Fleischman, the senior Jordan Fleischman, cited him for disorderly conduct yesterday morning, which included a $213 fine, according to the citation. The reason, according to the senior is because he said this school is a blank, a blanking joke as he was leaving school after being suspended. And Jordan says, I stand by that. His story is that Officer Pickler actually grabbed me by the arm, forcefully shoved me into his room, said I was going to get arrested, and then wrote me the citation. And it just sucks because we're all grieving right now, and we're not even able to grieve properly because of all this commotion going on. The young man says he intends to fight the citation. Fleischman, Kolk, two other of the, two other students, and two former students met with a reporter today saying they want the public to know what the school is doing is not right. We put the memorials up for our friends that lost their lives because we want to remember them and all the good times we had, and it's just disappointing that the school can't respect that, and they just took them down. Now, if you missed yesterday, I will remind you, the school district released a statement yesterday from the superintendent and from the principal that said memorials placed on the lockers had been moved to the student services area, quote, to prevent the potential for re-traumatizing students and staff, end quote, based on best practices set by the Department of Ed and confirmed by local family counseling organizations, so on and so forth. Memorials are an important part of the grieving and learning process and will remain in the student services area until the end of this week. So today's the last day before they're given to families. Hmm. Associate principal said that students already took home their memorials, so none remained in student services. Another student, follow all this here, another 14-year-old, Helen James, said, her friends and her friends said 
they don't buy the reason for taking them down in the first place. It's more triggering taking them down than having them up and walking past them. She and Jordan Fleischman said district staff told them the victims' families wanted the memorials taken down. Wood's father, Justin, told the reporter here that the district didn't ask about that, but rather asked if he wanted the memorials when they were taken down. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe more will come out, if it ever does, from the school side. I am just... And I felt this way yesterday, but more so today, learning a little bit more of what's been unfolding over the last 24 hours at, Bur- at uh, Baraboo, Baraboo High School. I say Burlington, Baraboo High School. Where is the leader? I mean, leadership, communication. The kids are grieving. I imagine staff is grieving as well, the teachers maybe. This is taking a tragic situation which has impacted so many inside that Baraboo High School building. And it's not even picking at a scab. It's ripping open the current scab and inflicting more wounds on these kids that are traumatized. If anybody at Baraboo High School is listening right now, Anybody who can make a difference in administration or whatnot, my advice would be take a deep breath here. Take a deep breath. Take the weekend. Think about the actions and activities of administration and policy and things like that. And ask yourself, is this what is best for the students that are here yet? Is this really helping to honor the memory of these two students who died? Because this has gone from bad to worse, and that might even be an understatement. It's flabbergasting to me that this is how this issue is being held or being treated by the quote-unquote professionals in the building. I mean, we've gone from a horrific night two weeks ago today to these 14 to 18-year-olds, 15 to 18-year-olds, wanting to mourn their classmates, to having some of the individuals who were their closest friends being cited for disorderly conduct, having memorials taken down, and causing more pain than healing. The point of this is to help these kids heal. The point of... The point of all of it is to help these kids and the teachers and administration. Healing. It happened two weeks ago, which is not long ago. We debated yesterday if, you know, less than two weeks is long enough for the memorials. I say no. Minimum should have been two weeks. But we're, 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 we're now so far past that. We've devolved to disorderly conduct for putting sticky notes on lockers. Really? Citing students for uttering vulgar terms on their way out of the suspension, an accusation that the liaison officer grabbed one of the students and forcefully shoved him into the room. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the claim. I mean, you talk about a situation unraveling. And in the end, I look to the adults first and foremost. The adults at Baraboo High School and in that district, based on what we know, 
are absolutely, completely, totally botching this. You're blowing this for these kids. You are. You're not leading. You sure as heck aren't setting an example as to how to go about handling a tragic situation, a sorrowful situation. And in fact, to those adults involved, you have made it worse. Much worse. Shame on you for that. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Yeah, some of you on the text line make a good point, including Todd, who wrote in saying, um, grief does what it does. I mean, it's not like after a certain period. Okay, I'm good now. I mean, it, it's different for everybody. Uh, he says, I'm a grown adult. I still deal with losing a friend 34 years ago. Uh, grief is different. Everyone is affected differently, impacted differently. And you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I... We can debate two weeks long enough. Do you keep the memorial up at the students' lockers to the end of the school year, end of the semester? I, I don't know. I mean, that that I just guess that debate would have come, you know, after the two-week period is all. But mm, we shall see. Hey, coming up at about, eh, about 15 minutes from now, I know in the uh, 2 o'clock hour, Jeff Wagner usually has pop culture corner but um what uh, we are going to do is a little something different we're gonna have fun with something it, i'm calling this don't 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 text me now just start start to uh start thinking about it start uh, planning to call and text it's going to be going we're gonna do life's simplest pleasures the little things in life the little things in your life that you do and maybe most people would think it's trivial, it's silly, it's small. But my example, and I, I have a real-life example, and I'll share it with you after the news at 2.07. My example is new pair of socks. New, think of a fresh pair of socks. One of life's simple pleasures. You put on a fresh pair of socks in the morning. You walk out that door. You are a better person for it. A little bounce in your step, right? Freshly sharpened pencil. Opening a box of crayons. Maybe, here's one. Opening a can of coffee. Coffee grounds, right? That first peel back of the lid. That smell. Is there anything better than opening that and just getting that first cup of coffee out of a freshly ground can of, of coffee. Anyway, life's simple pleasures. We will be doing that in uh, after the news at 2 o'clock. You know what? First of all, I have to. We, we mentioned yesterday the Odell Beckham Jr. story. And lo and behold, right before we signed off at 3 o'clock yesterday, we found out he was going to Los Angeles to play for the Rams. I got to say, Packers fans, while there was a lot of hype over the last couple of days, I thought a lot of it was unnecessary, a bit of an inflated um, hype machine going on. Will he? Won't he? Will he? Won't he? And he didn't. You, Packers fans, you've been pretty good with the disappointment. I didn't know how it would play after the news broke right before 3 o'clock yesterday. He wasn't coming. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Packers fans because they're, they're taking this one pretty well. I, for example... 
I didn't know if Steve was going to take it. Steve Scafidi, biggest Packers fan that we have on the air. I think we would all agree. We would all agree. And he's doing okay. However, Steve and, and others did not take the J.J. Watts thing well. Remember that? That was one where people did not handle it well at all. But you're doing better. People got over the OBJ thing pretty quickly, and they're better for it. All right, we'll take the break, and then when we come back after news, not Pop Culture Corner, that is property of Mr. Jeff Wagner. We'll just call it Friday Frivolity. Life's simple pleasures, the little things in your life that when they happen to you can make your day. Whether it's opening a fresh can of coffee in the morning, whether it's being given a freshly sharpened pencil, whether it's putting on those new socks that you just bought. Nothing better than a fresh pair of socks before they're worn and washed over and over again. Because I had something happen to me this morning that you will probably scoff at, you will laugh at, you will mock me for it. But I'm telling you, I'm having a better Friday because of what I saw today, here's a hint, in my apartment complex's garbage room. Yeah, Radio Tees, life's simple pleasures. When we come back, 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yeah, you heard me, in my garbage room. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. The time has come. The moment is now. We are the ones. <laughs> Friday. Get a little squirrely. Scott Morrison for Jeff. Yes, normally every Friday at this time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's is at this time he does Pop Culture Corner. Oh. <laughs> oh, he does it at 2. Th- I thought he does it at the 2 o'clock hour. Oh, he does the last half hour. Oh, we can't because I'm going to do Great Scott. So we got to do that at 2.30. All right. Well, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> Not Pop Culture Corner. That's Jeff. So we are going to do a little Friday frivolity because this morning, before I got here today, as I was leaving today, something happened to me that reminded me of how a day can be put in such a positive light by... Life's simplest pleasures. So that's what I want to know. What is your simple pleasure in life? Rudimentary, run-of-the-mill, ordinary for every other person that knows you. But for you, this happens, or you experience this, or whatever it might be, and it's just, gosh, that's great. It's just life's simple pleasures. Here, I found a life simple pleasure moment this morning. I have mentioned, I think when I was in for Jeff at some point, in the since July, for whatever reason, my apartment complex has not been picking up recycling. I, I, I can't figure it out. Not only that, since even before July, the entire building, multi-level, there's 10, there's 10 units per floor, so it's like 30, 40, I don't know. We have been given a single recycling cart. We used to have a dumpster-sized recycling unit, 
where you put everything in the dumpster, right? There's one for garbage and one for recycling. They're gigantic. You know what they are. And then, because some of my idiot neighbors abused the recycling dumpster to the point where they kept putting garbage in it, the company that is hired to pick up recycling said, you know what, forget it. You're abusing the system. We're done of taking your garbage-slash-recycling mixture. We're going to give you a cart. So they downsized my entire building to a single cart. You know, like many of you have who live in a home, a single-family home. You get the cart, you push it out to the curb in the morning, or whatever day recycling is for you. So my building has had a stupid little cart for dozens and dozens of, of units. Fine, whatever. They pick it up multiple times a week so it never overflowed. Something happened. We had a management change. I think that was it. Something happened that stopped this cart from being picked up. Folks, I have to admit, since mid-July, since mid-July, our recycling was not being picked up. And I called management for months. I think I called four times. And I try to be nice because, look, apartment management is not you know, a real glamorous job, and you normally get the tenants that complain, they never praise you, oh, great job, good job, love this. No, you get people like me saying, um, recycling's not being picked up, and there's a mound of recycling. And I, I'm not going to add to the mound. Do you know what I was doing? Can I, I confess up to this. I was bringing my recycling here. Yeah, I have been bringing my recycling and putting them Back here where we have our, our our dumpsters, our garbage and recycling dumpsters, I've been using the recycling units at, at 720 East Capitol for the last several months. That and a friend of mine has allowed me, uh, a buddy of mine has allowed me to go to his house and if he was, hey, can I uh, make a deposit at your recycling center? And I take my, I'm just a single guy, I mean, I don't have that much recycling. I'm not drinking a lot of beers, I like all my beer bottles. But I'll go to his house and or I will just bring it here to work. That's what I've been doing since July. Well, this morning, I had to take some trash out. They still gave us a dumpster for trash, thankfully. Guess what? Guess what? For the first time in July, scratch that, for the first time since long before July, we have a recycling-only dumpster. Has a big sign on the front in neon green recyclables only and they gave us a new dumpster for garbage that says a neon green garbage only that made my bleeping day i know you're rolling your eyes going you loser get a life how is that the highlight of your day eh, you know what happens but when i woke up this morning and put the garbage away and saw it it was like christmas morning because finally since July, we have a recycling dumpster in my unit again. I don't have to bring recycling to work anymore. Nobody knew I was doing it, but it's okay now, because I'm not going to need to do it anymore. Life's simple pleasures. When you wake up in the morning, you go to the trash room in your apartment complex, and the recycling dumpster is brand new. That, friends, is my life's simple pleasure. That's what I'd like to do for a few minutes here on a fun Friday afternoon, final hour of the Wagner Show. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is your life simple pleasure? Texter 414. Dogs meeting me at the door with the tails wagging. Life simple 
pleasure. Bob texts in, little pleasure? How about cold butter on a warm biscuit? Oh, that's a good one, Bob. That's a good one. Opening a large bag of regular Lay's potato chips. The aroma is wonderful. The analogy there to the coffee example that I use. In fact, not one but two different text messages saying opening a fresh bag of Lay's potato chips. Wow, we've hit on something here. Your calls and your texts, light it up, 855-616-1620. The little things, sometimes it's just the little things in life, isn't it? Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Warrison for Wagner. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Simple pleasures of life. Dan texting in saying, Slipping between the clean sheets of my bed, which has been preheated by my electric blanket. Oh, that's good. This time of year, now that it gets a little chilly... Right, especially for those of us who haven't turned our heat on yet. I'm still holding out. This could be a big weekend for me, though, in that regard. This could be a tough one. 855-616-1620. All right, he's been holding a while. He's been patient. It's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, mine is when you finally got that pizza that you ordered in your place of residence, and you pull open that box, and then the aroma kicks in, and hopefully a little bit of steam will hit you, and then you can see the pizza. And the cheese is still really stretchy and melty. Yeah, and if you've got it for carryout, the chances of that are better. If it's delivery, maybe not so much. Hey, can I give you a quick tip when it comes to ordering pizza, carryout, or delivery? Doesn't matter. Ask yeah. them not to cut the pizza. Ask them. Yeah, that's a good call. Don't slice my pizza, and then you can do it at home with, with the pizza cutter, pizza slicer. That way, it stays warmer longer, Jeff. That is a tip. Do you know who told me that? Gene Miller. Clark Howard. Gene, no, Clark oh. Howard. Clark, hey, that, that is kind of Clark Howardian. No, Gene Miller. I was, I've been thinking, you know, since Gene's retiring in February, I was reflecting back the other day on, on like, some of the things I've learned from Gene. I kid you not. That's one of the that's one of the great little life hacks that Gene has taught me. I I may take that with me for the rest of my life more than anything else I learned from him. Yeah. So when you order to you Jeff and everybody, ask them and people will do it. Um, when I order pizza, taking a pep. When I order a pizza, I will ask them, please make a note. Do not slice. Do not cut my pizza. And they won't. They'll oblige, and it's worth it. Thanks for the call, Jeff. I appreciate it very much. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to the text screen here. Laura from Las Vegas. Simple pleasure in life, popping a bottle of champagne. It's funny how many are food and beverage related. David and Glendale. Freshly baked chocolate chip cookies or the smell of bread baking. 414, ice in my beverage, whether it's water or soda or an alcoholic beverage, but ice, ice. And I would imagine, Texter, when you say that, you're, you're saying initially, before it starts to melt and get worn down, when, when the cubes are still fresh, as it were. Matt and Howard's Grove, simple pleasures in life, my midday 10-minute catnap. Hopefully that does not happen between the hours of noon and 3, for obvious reasons. Otherwise, I would be personally offended. 262, the first taste of a sky blue popsicle. Hmm, okay. First sip of coffee, 
Somebody says, all right, this is not a food one. Driving away with new tires on my truck. Harry from Waukesha. Driving away with new tires on my truck. I I imagine that's more so for the look of new tires than for the feel of new tires. Can can you sense new tires? Maybe when you brake. I don't know. I think if anything, I can relate to that a little bit. Like you take your car to the shop. Like you do it every every quarter, every three or four months or whatever. And you leave knowing like... Okay, this should be this should be good for another you know three four months or whatever you know I don't, I don't have to worry about my right. car for at least the next month or that's so, true you know I feel that way after an oil change it's like all right I got fresh oil pumping through my veins so to speak I got car you know the the filter the uh, we're fresh we're good it's clean we're ready for a journey somewhere I'm with you on that two six two a little pleasure in life. The first day of spring where you feel the warm sun's rays and the breeze doesn't feel cold. That's a good one. Ken from Greenfield. Sunday morning with a fresh mug of coffee and the Sunday paper. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Another person mentioning the uh, a fresh, freshly washed, clean bed sheets. Nothing beats the first night sleeping on cool, crisp sheets. Huh. Okay, the laughter of a baby, somebody says. Whether my grandchild, someone's random Facebook post, or just a baby in the store. The laughter of a baby. You know, side note, side note, the crying of a baby is oftentimes the most disliked or uncomfortable sound people will mention in their lives. Uh, Doug in Milwaukee, life's simple pleasures. What say you? I say when you wake up in the morning and the toilet paper is put on the dispenser roll the right way. Okay, and now, you and your, now big your question. other do it the right way. Well, here's the thing, Doug. Big question. Make or break question. What is the correct way to install toilet paper? Over the top or underneath? Over the top. Yes. Always. Okay. Good answer. If not, I would have had to have, uh, hang up. I would have had to hang up on you if you said pull from underneath. No, correct. Everybody who everybody knows that the only way, the proper way, to set up your toilet paper dispenser is to pull from the top, not from the bottom. Good on you, Doug. Appreciate the call. Yeah, beards are better than mullets. Beards are better than. You ever heard that before? Oh, what? <laughs> that that's the analogy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The beard is always up front. The mullet is in the back. You got to put it in the front. That's the analogy. That's what people say about toilet paper, huh? Yeah, you're going to carry that for the rest of your life, my friend. Now I will. That and Gene's tip on don't cut my pizza. 608, a fresh Schwann's ice cream cone or sandwich. Seeing the first Robin in spring. Huh. Scott, the other day, life's simple pleasures here. we got a couple minutes. you at 855-616-1620. Life's simple pleasures. Scott, the other day... I got a six-pack of boneless wings. When I opened them, I found a seventh and was pretty pumped. You're not going to believe it. As I went throughout the box and finished it out, there was an eighth wing in my box of six. I was ecstatic. Ecstatic. Hmm. Somebody said, um, coming home after a long day of delivering other people's food to, th- to smell a freshly home cooked meal oh eddie going golf here a perfectly struck golf shot just that one right 
isn't that what they say about golf? You could be horrible for 17 holes, but you hit that one perfect great shot on the 18th, and that's what keeps you coming back over and over and over again. Hmm. Man, a lot of people in favor of the the clean bed sheets. Uh, my husband is a restless sleeper. When he goes out of town, I change the sheets and sleep in a neat, fully tucked bed for as many nights as he's gone. Uh huh. Yeah. Cleaning, uh, climbing into bed when your sheets have been hung out on the line. People still do that. Remember, my grandma used to do that. She would do laundry. And then she would hang the clothes, the sheets, and everything. You hang it out to dry, right? All right, let's get it here. Nina in Fond du Lac. Good afternoon, Nina. Life's simple pleasures. Good afternoon. Waking up in the middle of the night and looking out the window and seeing a full moon. Oh. oh. Okay. Love it. Wow. And, yeah, that that's a good one because... We only have so many of those in a calendar year, so it's good that you see it. Yeah, clear Absolutely. night. Clear night is uh, something there. Simple, simple pleasure. Thanks for the call, Nina. Appreciate it very much. Hugh is in Florida. Hugh, life, simple pleasures. Well, you know, down here we got that air conditioning running quite a bit, and those electric bills get really high. And uh, yesterday when I got my electric bill, it was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be, so it kind of made my day. Oh. All right. Yes, when the utility bill isn't as... A, when any bill. Thanks, Hugh. I'm coming down to Florida okay. next week. I'm going to come visit you. W- hey. Where are you again? Silver Springs. Yeah, come on down. Weather's nice down here. I'm coming down next week. How far is that from Fort Myers? I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a northwest of Orlando, about 70 miles in the center of the state. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm in horse country. Okay. There's horses all over the place. We've got a lot of Kentucky Derber winners down here. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Thank you, Hugh. Heading down to Florida next week with the basketball team. Um, not just utility bills, but any bills. Anytime you expect something to cost more and it's a little less, whether it's a utility bill or a cable bill, a phone bill, I don't know. Um, simple pleasures. Sometimes... It's when you carry a credit over. Maybe you overpaid the prior month or something, and, and you forget that there's a credit. Okay, speaking of money, how about this for simple pleasures? Finding that, I don't know, $5, $10, $20 bill in that pants pocket that you forgot about. Hopefully you don't wash the pants, and then you can't bring back that dollar bill. It's probably beaten up. Finding money that you lost or didn't even know you had. That, again, is something very simple and yet extremely pleasurable on a Friday afternoon or any time for that matter.